I'm Aaron Barnard. I'm Matt Edwards. What's, What's happening, happening in North, North Idaho? Idaho? On today's small business shout out, we are shouting out to Liberty Heating and Cooling out of Rathdrum. This is a guy who is Todd Cole. He is a small business owner who is there to take care of his young family and just to take care of you as a customer. He is pretty much the lowest price in town. You can't get a better deal. He is a true upstanding patriot and he's there to help. He's only on Facebook, so you have to look him up, Liberty Heating and Cooling, or you can call him at 208-290-4744. On today's podcast, we talk about a lot of different things. A lot of the media stuff is just going crazy. We start off with the Idaho GOP convention that just happened last week and all the drama coming out of there. We also talk about the drama coming out of North Idaho College and the new president's contract just dropped. We uh, get into a little bit of the media and how they like to spin things. We talk about the KTVP reporter who wants the J6 granny to die in prison. And we wrap it up with how interesting the Coeur d'Alene Press is still. Nothing's changed, but, you know, it's nice to have a funny joke here and there. So, hope you guys stick around. Alright, hello Aaron. we're back. Hi Matt, it's been a long time, it feels like. Well yes, you went out of town. Yes. And then uh, I had company in town. Yes. And there was a GOP convention. In the middle of my birthday, too. Oh, you? when's your birthday? July 14th. Really? Yeah, it was the start of the convention day. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that. Well, happy birthday. Had I Thank known, you. I would have brought you gifts. Oh, my gosh. Flowers, chocolates. <laughs> um, I'm sure your wife would have coffee. been so happy. Although, I did bring you um, some of my strawberry jam that oh, I made. Oh, yes. I see it sitting there. For you and your wife and That's your family. Like, yeah. My, my son loves... It was his birthday. Oh, my gosh. On the 17th. Oh. Yeah. We're twinsies almost. Almost, yeah. And my daughter's the fifth, so July is really popular. Yeah, it Really is. popular month. Um, but I look at the jam. It looks amazing. Are these strawberries that you grew in your yard as well? Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in a rental, and it makes it really hard for container gardening. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, we're so busy and out of town a lot with softballs. So um, Cash and Carry was having a sale on strawberries. I'm oh. wrong. It was Winco. They were a dollar a pound. Oh, boom. So 10 pounds of strawberries later, we yeah, got my got very first of... batch of strawberry jam. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. It was pretty good. Yes. So, um, all right. Well, we alluded to it already. Yeah. Of the big event that happened in Idaho. Oh, my gosh. I was not at the Idaho GOP convention this last week mm -hmm. um, because we had just gotten back from Boise for mm -hmm. a softball tournament. And so we stayed up here, but we were practically on our computers watching things from afar yeah. through live telegramming people were doing with popcorn because there was so much <laughs> drama and so Did you really many... cook popcorn? No, oh, okay. we didn't. Surprisingly, no. Yeah. <laughs> We had uh, strawberry jam to use instead. Of course. Instead, so. Of course. <laughs> Sitting around 
sipping your or no, I guess you don't sip strawberry jam. Actually, you know what though? Because on my birthday we went to see the new Top Gun movie. I did have popcorn. What are you talking nice. about? I did have popcorn. Oh, can we can we can we yes. di- uh, digress a moment? Absolutely. How awesome was that movie? I'm oh, I'm so <laughs> glad I saw it in the theater. Oh, I was 100%. crying by the end of it. I cried many times. Really? I'm from San Diego originally. Uh-huh. And so we come from a military family. And my grandpa knew the stunt pilot who was killed in the making of the original Top Gun. And so we were always at Fighter Town, you know, Miramar and all the air shows. So it was a movie that was very near and dear to my family's heart. And so when this movie came out, Ugh. I was skeptical, but I went and it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Like beyond anything that I thought was going to be, it was great. It was great. Lucky yeah. even liked it. He hated the original. He was not a Top Gun fan. <laughs> he came out of there saying it was the best sequel ever yeah i mean I, i'd have to sit down and go through a list but it's definitely in the conversation 100 yeah. percent. it's not his favorite sequel obviously that's empire strikes back <laughs> right. but he said it was the best sequel ever yeah. it was a glorious movie yeah i i, I agree okay good all right i'm so... glad we're on the same page <laughs> <laughs> 100%. what is uh what got us onto top gun oh because oh, you were the gop convention yeah. was in um twin falls which was the greatest sequel yeah <laughs> To the Nebraska GOP convention oh that happened gosh. a week before. <laughs> Holy cow. So I was sitting on a softball field frying my skin uh-huh. because it was so it was like 100 degrees out there watching the tweeting that was going on through the Nevada, Nevada, pff, um, Nebraska convention. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Arrests for trespassing. The rhinos wouldn't let the conservatives in. Right. Oh, my gosh. And in the end, the conservatives won. Um, they voted to get rid of the chair. They elected some good people. Mm-hmm. And in the end, they said, Patriots are in control. Patriots are in control. Yep. Love it. And that's what kind of f- had me thinking, well, what's going to happen in Idaho? I was rubbing my hands together <laughs> like a meme going, yes, let's get this going. Let's get this going, right? <laughs> because, I mean, there's a, there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of contention between the, quote, establishment and conservatives or patriots, whatever you want to call them. There's a lot of contention in this very red state where Democrats have nothing better to do but to cross over and vote in the Republican primaries uh, and try and gum up the works there. So, yeah, it was very it was very interesting heading into this this convention and and. uh, like you, I was sitting home just kind of like paying attention to Telegram and seeing what was going on. So what what normally happens at, at a convention? Like what 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 do you what what's the purpose of this? Well, the convention was about three days long, Thursday through Saturday. And it's a mixture of uh, delegates representing all of the counties coming together every two years after the primary election where the um, PCs are elected. So they come together. And so these are all the new PCs can go? They're not new. Uh, basically, they have to submit their information to become a delegate. And the delegates are based on the amount of registered Republicans that you have in your county. Ah. And so Kootenai County has a pretty, pretty large amount. So we had a lot of delegates go. And so the um, 
central committee actually votes on the delegates, like who puts their names in, who uh, can go, who can register, and then they vote on the delegates, who's going to represent them down at the convention, and then also they have a slew of alternatives that also have to register to go down there because as they have found out in the past, sometimes the counties don't have enough delegates and, um, you know, establishment things happen. (laughs) So this time they were ready to go. They had all their delegates, all their alternates. They all went down there. Um, and it happened around the state. We had a lot of liberty minded delegates from many different counties there. Sure. And so when they get there, it's a three day convention with panels and different topics that they're talking about. I saw one topic was about how the Dems won Colorado. Very Rocky Mountain heist. Oh, the Rocky Mountain heist. Yeah, yeah. there's a fantastic documentary about that. Have you seen it? I have Michelle Malkin's documentary. That's right. Yeah. 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 It was great. It was scary because the same thing that is happening here right now previously happened in Colorado. Right. And it's how Colorado went blue. Yes. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And so people are starting to call Idaho the gem state heist because, you know, with the Democrats crossing over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, and, so and just to be clear, it's not that all of a sudden people became more progressive or left or liberal. It's that the system was corrupted within by leftists being put in positions of certain positions of power. Certain positions of power to shift it all to the left or more left, more purple and then blue. But also you get statisticians in there who can, um, who can look at every county and see which ones are necessary to sway the vote or have the which counties have the most impact to sway yes. the vote. And so they stack those counties right. with the people of their choosing and then that county turns. Oh my gosh. It's yes. just like on the national level. Yes. They're like, how do we how do we make sure the electoral college goes the way we want it to? Well, all we need is six counties That's in it. these six states. Yeah. Maricopa County, Fulton County, like all we need to do is inject something there and the whole state falls and then the whole country falls. So they're doing this in the same, they're using this, they've used the same model in, in state. They just find one County. And that's how they did it in in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing it happen in Idaho. Luckily for real COVID happened and more people started waking up and realizing what's been going on. People started standing up and taking back the state, which is what happened at the Idaho GOP convention last week because more conservatives stepped up to ran to run as precinct committeemen in their counties mm-hmm. and were elected and so more conservative delegates were elected to go to the convention which means that the conservative group of republicans had more of an impact when it came to voting Right. And their voting consists of the new executive committee that will steer the Idaho GOP party at a state level right. in the direction that they want it to go. Right. So the this last is real years, grassroots. It really is. I mean, yeah, it's the Republican Party, but this is real grassroots. Mm-hmm. It's people realizing, hey, if I'm going to get involved in party politics or something, um, I can. I mean, I voted in my precinct for a precinct captain who I knew. And I was like, this person is good. Isn't that I crazy? like this person. This person is, has, is cool and has good values. And now they're, they're just a little precinct person yeah. in a neighborhood, you know, and that neighborhood person has 
delegate power at the convention yeah. to elect leadership, which then steers the entire state's it's incredible. You know, the precinct committee person is really the foundation, the foundational level of politics. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, you, you get want to talk on the ground local. Floor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you want to talk local people, like, your neighborhood yeah. has power. Did you know that? Your neighborhood. What is your little neighborhood here? Like, you're, I know you're in, you're, you're in Coeur d'Alene. Right. Well, maybe you don't want to tell exactly your neighborhood, but everybody, like, if you go on to like next door, you're on next door. Mm-hmm. There's all these little like names for all these little street or little, little tiny neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah. Name. So every one of those little neighborhoods yeah. usually is also a precinct of some sort. Well, and with the, um, the redistribution of precinct lines mm. in the county it's even smaller that's right because more people have come in so yeah. they have to divvy it up yep so there's a lot of yeah i mean yeah okay okay so everybody goes to the convention they vote on leadership what else are they voting on or what so are they deciding they've got a lot of different committees that they divide into they've got the executive committee which are the leaders mm-hmm. credentials committee which basically confirms that everyone who is a delegate is the one that's there representing them in person so they have to show ID to be able to vote in any votes that they have coming up. A novel concept. Amazing. And I believe, <laughs> don't quote me, but I'm about 95% sure that rule was changed recently, like in the past couple of years, by our own Cooney County Republican Chair Brent Regan. To show ID? To show ID to be able to vote. Interesting. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't you have been able to show ID before? It was just like an honor system or something? Yeah, so um, I don't know how it worked in the past because this is my first convention that I've paid attention to. But gotcha. this year, they had to show ID to get their delegate badge. Oh, I see. And so... Well, that's normal. I mean, you go to any convention, you got to show your ID to get your badge, right? I don't know. When In my previous life, when I worked in public relations, no. You just had one person pick up all the all the badges oh, and divvy right. them out. Right. Oh, you gotcha. So gotcha. Okay. I okay. don't know how it works. So I here. see. I see it now. So they're just they want to make sure that everybody who's there is credentialed. You're the right person that's there. Okay, that Correct. sounds great to me. So that's okay. the credentials committee. Then you also have the platform committee that goes through the Republican platform, the state Republican uh-huh. platform. Um, you also have the rules committee that hears any um, rule change requests. And then you also have the resolutions committee, which deals with any resolutions for the Idaho State Party. Ah, yes. So there's many committees. And then there's the the people that aren't on any committees. So they kind of float back and forth. They can go watch any of these committees in action. Mm-hmm. They can, yeah, hang and about, out. And what's the total amount of people that show up to this? It's like 600 or 700 people, right? Um, well, up 700, over 700 yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. A, it's, it's a healthy healthy amount of people. And this time, it was in Twin Falls at the mm-hmm. um, College of Southern Idaho. Right. So it was right. on campus. Yeah. And it happens every two years, like I said, after the primary where the PCs are elected. So I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping the next one will be at North Idaho College. Like, that, <laughs> that is my wish. Yeah. One, because I won't have to travel. <laughs> right. And right. two... No, Not, that was it because I won't have yeah, to travel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's 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 certainly cause for it to be up here because Kootenai is a Kootenai large county. Kootenai County is rocking it. And it. Yeah. Um but I can understand why they always keep it in the south somewhere just because oh, yeah. the majority of the state is down there, so to speak, right? So you can go to Twin Falls, you can go to Boise, you can go to Idaho Falls or but 
it deserves to be up here. Absolutely, yeah. it does. I mean, if the stupid resort can host the Western Governors Association, mm, I yeah. feel like we can host we can the Republican people. Com- <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Uh, and Twin Falls is great. I mean, I was I was down there last summer, and uh, it's a great little town. Had some good food, good good company, good folks, good folks all over. There's good folks all over the state, man. It's beautiful. And I just want to do it because I had some serious FOMO watching everything from afar. So yeah, usually you're you're like in the front, mix, front and center. Yeah, you know it is. But um, but I was reading the Bushnell report. Yes, is that what it's called. Yep, the Bushnell that, report. Summer yeah. Bushnell was down there. She was down there. She was doing a fine job tele- live telegramming. Yes, it. she was she even was. giving us inside information and getting admonished for it. So <laughs> yeah. we thank you. A shout out to Summer for absolutely uh, for doing. No, it. She's she like, was Oops, my I lifeline. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> We love the oops. Yes, we do. Okay, so they so there's all these things going on. Yep. Um, so let's let's get into the leadership here. What happened? Oh my this is gosh! I had to make a TikTok video about this because it was so awesome. So um, the last two years, <clears throat> the state Republican Party was led by Tom Luna. Um, everyone, I have never met Tom Luna. I don't believe I've seen him from a distance, but um, everyone said he was establishment. Uh, he took it over from Raul Labrador two years ago when Raul was um, running for governor at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and so he was pretty rhino-y. He was a blue Republican, as some people like to say, very establishment. Got the big the big corporation money. Right. Malaluka. Special interests. Chobani. Ayaki yeah. type of um, companies. Yeah. Anyways, so... The votes that they do for the executive leadership team, there's the chair, first vice chair, second vice chair, which is based on legislative districts, right? Treasurer, secretary, all that good stuff. So um, I saw a conservative ticket going around, like they wanted certain people in. Um, And actually, because we had so many conservatives, very liberty-minded people as delegates, we got most of the conservative ticket voted yeah. into the executive leadership. Yeah, incredible. Incredible numbers. Yeah. Like, like, not like, well, there, there might have been one squeaker. There was a squeaker. One, okay, the only quote unquote more most conservative person who lost was Michelle Hamilton. She was running for re-election for first vice chair. Right. She was, all, okay, so she was already first vice chair. Yep. And so she was running for the re-election, right? And she's the one that w- she just ran in in District Twelve, I think. Was it Twelve? I think so. The new District Twelve, yeah. She I was just remember. For, for and she was helping Janice McGeehan. Yes, in well, her campaign, so she, she was stretched thin. She not only worked for <laughs> poor her, woman. <laughs> I don't know if she how much um, she worked for her campaign, but I do know that she or she was working in the office, the office, right, 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 right. part time. Yeah, it was a temporary part time. And I, <laughs> during the convention, I saw news articles flying around from the statesman in the Capitol Sun saying that um, the lieutenant governor uh, just gave her assistant an 85% raise, and it was Michelle Hamilton. Right. And how dare the lieutenant governor, you're not even supposed to give an 85% raise, all this stuff. No, no. What had happened was she went from a part-time employee to a full-time employee. So yeah. it wasn't a raise. It was a totally different position. Yeah. And I just, oh, it drives me well, bonkers. Well, that's the news. We'll talk yeah. about that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the anyway, news for you. Anyway, <laughs> so I have to say my so favorite. So you think that hurt her, though? 
I think that in the grand scheme of things, yeah, yes. People are like, oh. Well, and she was running against a really strong competitor too. She sure. was running against Daniel Silver, who is the mm. current Idaho Young Republicans chair. Mm. So um, he's well known within the state too. I don't know much about him. I have interacted with him. I was a Young Republicans contributor back when I was of age. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But that's it. So all right. Well, Daniel we know Josh Silver. and uh, Kirsten will. We'll have a, oh my a, a lowdown on a lot of this. So I can't wait. But I have to say, yeah. so Tom Luna was running against Dorothy Moon. Yes. Dorothy Moon stepped up to uh, compete against him for the chair position. And really, after she lost the secretary of state position, my opinion due to Mary Sousa, but that's another conversation for another time. She had time to run. She thought about it. She's like, yeah. maybe I should throw in my hat and run against Tom Luna. Never would have happened if she was Secretary of State, True. by the way. Yeah. So she stepped up and ran a campaign against Tom Luna for chair, and she won. Huge oh number. Oh, my gosh. Huge number. So excited. Almost two to one. Almost two to one. So yeah. she won 434 votes to 287. Yeah, it incredible. Was, and then I guess a lot of the establishment types kind of just walked out of the convention. Yeah. Didn't even stay for the rest of voting. Which is <laughs> so disappointing because, I mean, when Dorothy speaks, she is so captivating. She's wicked smart. She's principled. And God love her. She she says what's on her heart and what's on her mind. And, you know, it may get her into trouble because people get offended. <laughs> by You know? Oh, but, yeah. You know what? It's just like, I don't know. I'm a huge fan of her. Well, her. and she can take uh, criticism, too. Yes. Oh, 100%. Oh, my gosh. I love yeah. that about her. Yeah. No, she's great. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the state party does in the next couple of years. I don't know a lot about the state party. Like, I don't know what the implications are with this executive leadership change right. as much as it will be. Um, so I'm I'm just going to have to watch. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna plug plug something real quick because I think it's it's super cool, and I don't really we don't we don't we haven't talked about like my organization Citizens Alliance of Idaho on on the podcast at all, <laughs> but uh, I just want to say Dorothy Moon signed our pledge during her time as her last hurrah as legislator, and so having somebody who signed our pledge and who performed well, her score like she was in good standing and it was fan- she did fantastic job. Uh, adhering to the pledge the fact that she's the head of a one of the major parties in this state is awesome i love it it's that's why i I just like our values our principles and everything is just it's really exciting for me personally yep same here so so excited okay so uh there was a little bit of drama though happening at the convention i mean how could there not be right Right? let's hope (laughs) let's hope there was drama did anybody get arrested like in nebraska not that I'm aware of. There was a there was the a dust protest. dust is still settling. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw protest the the the. It was the uh, pro-abortion um, yeah, folks pro-abortion. outside. Did somebody get arrested there? No, I don't think so. I looked at somebody posted a bunch of photos, and uh, I don't know if this, this is good. This isn't good podcast material because I don't have the, the we don't have the visuals. But there was everybody holding up signs. Yeah. But there was one. Did you see this? There was one girl, no sign, and she's just staring. <laughs> Do you remember? Like go look. I don't know where these photos I need to are. Go back and look yeah. at that. And it's like 
it's like one of those it could be a meme where you just kind of zoom in on her you know i was just like yeah anyway please make a meme about that okay i'll look for it (laughs) well something else really interesting happened so tom luna was um throwing a little event a pizza party event and flyers got out to the homeless so that um they would go to this event too so tom luna (laughs) tom luna fed them too which was Actually, I think great. I think we need to do that more often. Feed the homeless. Yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And actually, I've been thinking about it a lot. I think Kootenai County should take the lead on that. I mean, and have pizza parties for the homeless. Yes, there are over two hundred and fifty children in the in the Coeur d'Alene School District yeah. who don't have their own homes, so they either sleep on a oh, friend's homeless couch. Children. Homeless now children. Now you're talking. I know, okay. and that's not is that even... who showed up at the Luna Pizza Party? I think women and children, but women I don't know. Children. I okay. was reading like the Idaho Statesman and Idaho Capital Sun, so you can't really trust right, them. Right. But yes, homeless people yeah. did show up. And shoot, I think we should throw pizza parties all the all time. All right, I'm down. I love pizza, so yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll find a good pizza place. And throw so pizza there party. was that little drama, but then yeah. there was also drama in the the rules committee because okay. um, there was this one rule that took a lot of time. There was a lot of debate back and forth, and it was the crossover voting rule. Yes, yes, that was proposed. Let's get into this because what. Should, do we need to prompt? Do we need to tell people what prompted this? Like the fact so, that there's like probably thousands and thousands of Democrats that crossed over to vote in the Republican primary. Yes. Yeah. And we've talked about that before, yeah, the Democrats. Have. And actually, Democrat representatives are elected officials that are Democrats right. were um, promoting the changing of affiliation so that her Democrat followers would change to Republican, vote in the Republican primary, and then change back to Democrat. So, and it's out there. Like, it's still in Twitterverse yeah, somewhere. Yeah, There's yeah, a of few course. of them. So the idea here was to say, what can we do to tackle this problem? Because we we should be able to protect our party from that kind of infiltration. And nothing's being done at a legislative level. So this is like the one thing that the Republicans can do as a party to try and protect their party voting. Yeah, which I think they have, you know, every every um, organization has it's in the Constitution, the right of assembly. Right. You can assemble and set the rules for how you want to. Yeah. Assemble your party and and the requirements for such. And the Republican Party already had closed elections. So you Mm -hmm. had to be registered as a Republican before a certain day. Otherwise, you could not vote in the Republican primary. Well, let me back up. If you were registered with another party. Right. You had to re-register as a Republican before a certain day. Otherwise, you couldn't vote in the Republican primary. If you were unaffiliated, you can just walk in election day, say, hey, I want to register as a Republican and then get a Republican ballot. So that's how it is right now with the new um, rule that's being that was being proposed called the crossover voting rule. It was basically to shut it down even further with uh, stipulations and rules for people to actually try to change affiliation. So um, the proposed rule had a, a few different bullet points. Um, if they were affiliated less than 12 months before the next primary election, um, then they couldn't vote in the Republican. Mm-hmm. If they disaffiliated with the Republican Party at any time in the past 39 months, 
they mm. could not register as Republican. If they financially supported more than one candidate of a different political party less than 25 months before the primary. Mm. If they voted in a primary or caucus for any other political party less than 25 months before the primary. Yeah. You cannot vote Republican. Good in theory. Um, I'm not sure how that would be able to be done. <laughs> I mean, there's still questions. It, it was really, there was a lot of debate going oh, back sure. and forth. What's really ironic, and f I find it funny, is that the person who proposed this was Brandon Durst. He recently <laughs> ran for superintendent of the right. Board of Education and lost to Debbie Critchfield. Um, however, he was Democrat. Yeah. Back in the day when he was actually a representative for Idaho. Right. He was a Democrat. He was registered. He was the most conservative Democrat. He was the most conservative but Democrat. He was a Democrat. Yeah. And he'll tell you, he said, I did my time there. I watched and I voted. <laughs> did my and, time. <laughs> and yet I found it odd that I was voting more conservative than the, the Republicans, some of the Republicans. Oh, right. yeah. So, and then he had a lot of life lessons going on and he went, you know what? This is ridiculous and slowly became a Republican conservative. Right. So anyways, he is the one that proposed this rule. There was a lot of back and forth and it ended up passing the rules committee. It passed the rules committee. It passed the rules yeah. committee. Um, 14 counties voted against it. Mm -hmm. Four counties were kind of divided. Half of them were for and half of them were against. 26 counties voted for it. Mm. So the next step is it will go to the the winter committee, the winter convention committee, which right. meets in January, I believe. And so they will vote on it then. Wow. Wow. Yeah. My big question and was something we talked about earlier is um, how do you enforce some of this stuff? You know, how especially do, like the donation part. Like how do you do that? How, how do you how do you? I mean, who's it left up to? I mean, obviously you can check because donations are public, but who is that left up to? Is it left up to the state to then enforce that? Or is it left up to the party or the county clerks or like who's enforcing that? Holy cow. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some, somebody raised the question of, well, what does this do to the dis to the disen well disenfranchised? Well, no, no, no. The, the, the sort of disappointed Democrats mm -hmm. who actually are like, oh, well, I want to vote. I want to vote Republican now. And I think like from a, you know, in theory, you could, you can kind of argue that, but like I, th this rule change is a, this only came up, this didn't come up in a vacuum, right? No. This is coming up in the context of an outright assault by another party it, trying to infiltrate another party. Yeah. So I think what they're doing is they are just pushing back as hard as they can and they're going to see what, what'll stick. Yeah. You know, uh, because I don't, I don't. I don't blame this party for doing that because they're they're like this is this infiltration is 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 out of control and so we got to come up with some sort of rule if no one else will do anything then we will do it ourselves and protect our own party. Yeah, I think that's the mindset behind it. I also don't think that a democrat's going to wake up one day and go I'm conservative. Well that exactly that's what I'm talking about. In today's <laughs> in today's cycle there's just a bunch of like democrats sitting around, you know, it's like because Sherry one thing Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she would have been completely disqualified yeah. as she should have been. Yes. You know, she was the treasurer. Anyway, we'll I... go back into that thing again. But uh, but I think that was episode one. Yeah. But one thing that that um, 
that we should note here is that this does not affect the unaffiliated. No. Which is a huge voting block, quote unquote, I guess, in the, in the state, right? Like the people are either registered Republican, but the second most registered type is unaffiliated. And I think they're at 27% of registered voters right. are unaffiliated. Yeah. So this doesn't matter. They can still show up to vote in the primary if they choose to, to choose that party. Um, and if they choose to go back to unaffiliated afterwards and vote in the general, they can. And as far, as far as I'm reading these rules, this doesn't affect um, unaffiliated. Well, I, I ask that question because I know um, government officials who work in county government, especially the clerk's office, they stay unaffiliated right. throughout the entire year until primary season. And then they register as Republicans so that they can um, vote on the Republican ballot. But they don't want to seem biased in right. their jobs. Right. So I understand that. What I'm worried about, though, is that there's always a loophole. Why would anyone register Democrat if this is going to happen in a red state? Why mm. would you register as Democrat? You would just unaffiliate and stay that way and all stay year unaffiliated. long. I guess so, yeah. you'll still be able to vote for whoever you want in the general election. Right. It'll right. just affect but your I primary. Think, yeah, but I think going back to that tweet that that representative sent out mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, you, everybody, you can you can switch back to Democrat and feel good about yourself. Like people, Democrats love being Democrats. They really do. They, they like it. They want to be in that party. So I think this is to dissuade the people who just love being Democrat. They're like, I yeah. am a Democrat. I love Kamala Harris. I love Joe Biden. I love Hillary Clinton. Like these are my people. These AOC, 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 yeah. you know, like big booty AOC. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Had to. You walked into that one. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but who is that guy? <laughs> that's Alex Stein. I know who oh, okay. he is. <laughs> I'm like, Matt, we need to have I'm words. i just saying, who is he? <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Anyway, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I agree with that. However, I'm just worried. What's the and then what? You know, uh, yeah, we, I don't know. We need to plan ahead because we know that everyone's going to go for a loophole. And so we can't just stop. Yes, we're going to change the rule and make it even yeah. tighter to vote. What happens next? Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is why it's. A, I think it's a great debate for these parties to have it. You know, when is the Democrat uh, convention? When do they do theirs? I have, I have no, no idea. idea right? But now I really I want to. <laughs> Should you go tell live, tele live telegram that one? Yeah. So I don't want to pay money about. to attend then. You have to pay money? Well, you I had to, you to for the Republican convention. If you wanted to be an, an outside observer? Yes. Oh, really? Yep. You had to um, oh. pay money to what attend. What if you can, get a you can get press credentials? I Yeah, I guess. You're the press. But I don't know. I've tried that in the past with the Cooney County Democrats, and they still won't let me into any of their Zoom calls or anything. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it'll work at a state level. The time has come to get involved, your future is at stake. Get out of your old easy chair, shake off the dreams that kept you there. You've got to get on the inside, find out what's going on. For if you keep on napping there, your world will not last long. The time has come okay, to Aaron, get involved. Okay, Erin, let's jump to this next story, this local story up here. So I remember one of the other reasons why I did not go to the convention, and it was because the North Idaho College Board of Trustees was having a special meeting on Thursday, July 14th, to vote on the president's new contract. 
So they had chosen um, Dr. Nick Swain okay. from, um, what is it, George Mason University uh-huh. yes. to become the new president of NIC. And there was contract negotiations and apparently some sort of golden, what do they call it? A golden, golden parachute. Parachute. Uh-huh. Yep. In the contract. So... So they they're like they're like if if the board turns again and they fire you it's going to be really expensive. Yes. Yeah. What? And so I'm waiting. I'm like just the term golden parachute just <laughs> makes me salivate. I'm like, "Okay, I need to get my hands on this contract." Um I put in some public records requests and I got um some back and forth. Um, what's really interesting, I got some back and forth between the lawyer, Mark Lyons, and one of the board members talking about this dude's contract. Uh The board member was not the board chair. So the board had approved the board chair to discuss negotiations with the president and the lawyer. But the lawyer was talking to a different board member about contract stuff. So that's a little... yeah trying to find out more information about that but anyways so the contract was finally approved and it was signed on the 14th so we got it it's on the website now um and i read through it and it is interesting i said george whose website mason it's on the nic website okay i'm gonna put it on the spectator website caseyspectator.com but there's just so much involved with it that i just pulled out the juicy parts uh-huh. for this podcast and then i'll deal with the yeah. website later yeah but so i was wrong he's from james madison university oh jmu okay. yeah i don't james know madison. why i said george mason i don't know it's close anyways details juicy details so this dude's contract is a three-year contract okay. it is renewed annually just so that they have some fiscal time frames mm. to work with um, the base salary is going to be two hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. Wow, two hundred and thirty. So that was—that's more huge... than the governor of Idaho gets. Yeah, like he's going to be yeah. one of the top-paid people, um, more than some of the other colleges in the in the region. Wow. So he's more in line with some of the Spokane colleges than actual okay. Idaho colleges. Right. So interesting. They had an argument about that a few meetings ago. About the, the annual salary? The yeah. yeah. So it was a hundred and eighty to two twenty, I believe was, was the, the range. range that, yeah. And they got a lot of applications for people within that range. And then the new board members, John Getty, David Wold, and Pete Brochet said, no, it's not good enough. So they um, wow. upped the range to 230 was the max. I In believe. order to attract someone like this Some, guy. Yes. From yeah. JMU. Yep. Was he the president of J- what was What was he doing at JMU? He was like a professor there or something? No, or? he wasn't a professor. Gosh. Oh, okay. No, I, I wasn't prepared for that That's, question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn you. I know. <laughs> I asked too many questions. <laughs> okay, so not only is it a three-year contract, his base salary is $230,000 a year. That does not include insurance or anything like that. Three, and and that's for three, wait, so that's, he gets that three times? Yes. <laughs> yes. He also. And he lives here. He'll he be will. Li- I mean, he will be living here. Yes. On a $230,000 a year salary. Oh, but that's not good enough. No? Nope, nope, nope. Um... NIC is going to pay an additional 10% annually to go into this dude's supplemental retirement um, Mm -hmm. account. 
So not even the NIC one. His supplemental retirement account, that's $23,000 a year that will be going directly into his retirement account. They will also pay for temporary housing um, for this guy. Until he finds a home? Yeah. So they will pay for it. NIC will flat out pay for it all. Wow. No, any temporary housing they will pay for it. Okay. So he could be in that place for six months, a year. It oh, they didn't matter. give him a timeline? No <laughs> timeline. It is open-ended. <laughs> yep. And there's no... Is there um, a limit? Nope. He can find any house he wants? Yep. I just saw a castle over on Lake Ponderay. Yeah, seven mil. <laughs> it's only an hour. It's not even an hour, and he'll be right next to this, the Sandpoint. Yeah. And at 2.30, he workforce. could probably like get a chopper flight in. There you go. Yeah. Or somebody with a seaplane <laughs> or something. So, okay, so there's open-ended temporary housing with no cap on the amount per month. Wow. But then also, NIC is going to pay this guy $2,500 a month to pay for his permanent housing, to go towards his permanent housing. I'm confused. Oh. Oh, yeah. You would think so. Okay, so NIC is paying for him to come out here and putting him up in whatever housing, right? Yeah, okay. When he finds a house to buy or whatever, yeah. NIC They're will gonna go... help cover his mortgage? Yes. <laughs> come on. Twenty five hundred dollars a month. What? Yeah. Open ended. He's like making money. Yes. I mean unless he gets like a seven million dollar home, I guess, yeah. for a mortgage, but Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And what is the role of a president at a college? You just kind of make decisions. I don't mean to be an ass. (laughs) Operational decisions. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't want to take anything away from somebody who, who, you know, obviously this guy is qualified in terms of his um, abilities and stuff. And, you know, CEOs make a a buttload of money more than this. And and a lot of them deserve it because of the, the risks and all that stuff. So. I don't want to take away anything. Oh, yeah. However. And he's totally milking it, too, with this college, right? And all yeah. Of the and this is all press. taxpayer money. Oh, this yeah. Because this isn't a private college. No, no, this no. This is taxpayer money. Yep. Taxpayer money. Wow. Also, there's more. Oh, there's what more. What do you mean there's more? More money? This guy gets more money? Yeah. So they are paying for him to relocate over here. No max limit to um any money spent to get over here because nic is paying for it all they well, jam is in virginia right is yeah. that where he's coming from from virginia yep. reasonable actual expenses reasonable. they will pay for reasonable actual expenses either pay him back or pay the vendor whatever vendor it is directly so they are just giving wow. him the credit card to use. Say, wow. however long it takes for you and whatever amount it takes for you to get over here, just get over here. Who are they trying to punish with this kind of contract? I mean, that is, is this guy worth that much? Yeah, I don't know. Um, what, would it, what did the, So what did the last president get? Uh, so, okay. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. I did not save his contract. That was Rick McLennan. I didn't save his contract to be able to compare it to the new one. So I need to I need to find that information. Yeah, it, I tried to Google search it today, but I didn't have any luck. Been scrubbed or something, mm-hmm. yeah, or moved off or whatever. Yeah. But so because I remember when he left, they he, it was, it was like a hefty deal. hefty severance. A lot of money went out the door. Dollars. Yeah, a lot of money went out, out yep. the door. This guy sounds like it's even above and beyond. Oh yeah. And yeah. okay, to be fair, yeah, playing devil's advocate, and I hate doing that no, no, because you oh, um, I would ask for that too if I was in his position. 
If I'm oh, right. moving Knowing across the country yeah. with my family in tow, yeah. and I'm going to this tumultuous area that fired the last president, right. I would be like, right. yeah, no, I'm not coming here for Unless less than $300,000 and all right. of these perks. Right. And- exactly. And that's what I was trying to say earlier. It's like, you know, good good for him. You know, yeah. he's, he's getting he's getting it. But we we as taxpayers or people that are paying attention to this stuff can go... Yeah, I can get a little uh, a little upset about it, mm-hmm. but that's. I mean, I've never. I mean, I guess. Uh, well, I won't say that again. I've never heard of these kind of perks given to a public fund, a publicly funded position. Community college. Yeah. And workforce training center. Yeah. 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 This isn't like. I mean, if Gonzaga was doing this for their. Gonzaga. You know, for their football coach. Gonzaga. Oh yeah. my gosh, basketball coach. Or basketball. Do we need what, to have what, a even sit if it, down? No, no, even if it was their football coach. I'm just talking about like if they're like, we want to compete in football. Let's find the biggest football coach. Let's get um, Nick Saban here, right? <laughs> <laughs> like they, Nick Saban would be like, I'm not going. But if I am, I need like 18 million a year. You need to pay for my house. You need to pay for me while I look for a house. You need to pay for my kid's house. You need to pay for this and that and the other. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And if you have control of the college. board. Yeah. Yeah. And right now... um. I don't, the establishment's in control. The Board of Education basically handpicked, and I'm pretty sure the governor um, handpicked the people on the NIC board mm, right now. Mm-hmm. And speculation, um, to be fair, but I've seen some emails. And so the three noobs um, are in control. It's three to two with every vote right now. Yeah. And they know they're not going to be in after the next election. So oh, right, that's right. We talked about this before. Yeah. Their their vote is coming up. Yeah. Term limits. This right. is what happens right. when the people know that they're not going to be reelected and they're in the majority. Yeah. Wow. So man, implications. Incredible. Okay, Incredible. but There's that's more. not all. All right. So <laughs> that's all. I mean, those are all the juicy parts with the the president's contract. contract. Yeah. Something else happened at the special meeting Thursday night too. They talked about acquiring property. You're, the college? Yep. Okay. All right. Now, they have a nice piece of property right now. They do. I mean, it's not good beachfront enough. beachfront property, r- riverfront, whatever you want to call it. And River trying, and beach. Yeah, Lake, lake riverfront, right? Because so it turns. Good. Yeah. Um, they are trying to buy up all of the property on Military Drive and just incorporate it into the college okay. campus. So, um, it was announced and they discussed buying the Fort Ground Grill. Which is the restaurant down there. If you've spent any amount of time down at NIC, you had to pass the Fort um, uh, the Fort Ground Grill. It's currently owned by realtor Ben Widmer. 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 That name ring a bell? Yeah. At all? So he's the son of former Coeur d'Alene Mayor Steve Widmer. Okay. And he just entered into an agreement with NIC to sell... Fort Ground Grill to the college mm-hmm. for a million dollars. Wow. One million dollars wow. for the Fort Ground Grill. Check this out, though. As a part of the um, agreement, the purchasing agreement, the college will be, they will be leasing the restaurant back to Widmer so that they can continue to use it as a restaurant. Okay. Does that make sense? So basically, the college is purchasing the building, and they're allowing Widmer and the Fort Ground Grill restaurant to stay there. Okay. That's going to be part of the agreement. Okay. All right. 
All Widmer has to do is pay them $1,200 a month to stay there. Another open-ended agreement. They can stay there as long as they want, although they've been assured that they don't want to do this forever. The Widmers don't want to be restaurant owners forever. So. Wow. Yeah. $1,200. $1,200 a month. Wow. At least through the summer. We'll see how long it lasts. Yeah. Um, so I ask questions. I say, okay, does this $1 million payment, does it include the restaurant? Like, does it include everything in there? Yeah. Does it include the liquor license that they have? Oh, that's big. Yeah. Um, what about the land? The land. Yes. So that million dollars is based on the new assessment, the county Ah. assessment of the property. However, I haven't seen the assessment documents yet, so I don't even know if that's Mm -hmm. true. That's just what we were told Mm -hmm. at the meeting the other night. No, no, no. This $1 million just gets the land and the shell of the building. Wow, not does the n- business. Not, not the business. The business. Yeah. Does not include any of the restaurant equipment inside. Does not include the liquor license. Nothing. Right. It is just the land and a shell of a building. So they're just, they're, they're getting a million dollars. They get, and then they're renting the building back. Yeah. Yeah. For $1,200 a month. For $1,200 a month. So basically, Widmer, <laughs> sneaky SOB he is, in my opinion, um, he was so smart. We just got the new assessment on everyone's property, and he knew that his property was worth way more than it was just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So instead of having to pay property taxes on all that stuff, he saw a cash cow mm-hmm. when he had it and said, all right, NIC, you can you can buy it you from buy me. It. Now, is this something that they wanted to buy? I mean, why would they want to buy this? So I know that they're they just going to leave been... the thing there. Well, I don't they know. They really if... want $1,200 a month? I mean... They have no plans for the land right now. And that's what they told me. They have no plans for the land right now. They just want to purchase it for future use. Right. Whatever that means. And remind me, is this, is this like, is this adjacent to their existing property? Yes. It's not like encompassed inside existing property. It's kind of like. No, I think it's on the outside. Right. So So it's right next to the original apartment dorms. I don't know. Uh, how long have you lived yeah, here? Yeah, I don't know that much oh, about okay. I, I mean, I didn't yeah. go to college there for sure. So, <laughs> so, if you've been here for any length of time, you know that there's like a white apartment building that has been there forever. And it's kind of ghetto like, compared to the new dorms right, that they've built. Right, right. So, um, that was the only on-campus housing that they yeah. had for the longest time. Anyways, it's right across the street from there. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it, I don't put it past anybody to do corrupt business like this. You know? Especially now that, oh man, I don't know. I can, I could probably go on this topic forever, but I put my <laughs> foot in my mouth a lot when it comes to yeah. citywide corruption and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm waiting on the details of the property sale, of the property assessment, of the Widmer lease. I'm waiting for all that stuff. I it has not been um, given to me yet through public information requests. So. All right. I don't know. When I have it, I'll put it on my website, caseyspectator.com. Aaron is on the case. I try to be. This is, my daughter's 16, right? She's going to college in a few years. She's coming into being a junior. And so it's really, really important for me to see that she has the best possible education, whether it be at this college or what. I want her to be home. So it's really important that this is taken care of. You see that? Listen to this. This is, this isn't out of some sort of vindictive, you know, ideological, this is like, she's looking out for her kids. Yeah. You know, this is why we do this. We're looking out for our kids. That's why we're paying attention. I went there. 
I went there. I went to NIC back in the late 90s. My yeah. husband went to NIC too. I mean, whoever lives here, we go to NIC and we want it to be a really great place. Yeah. And it can be, but there's a few cogs in the wheel that we need to take care of first. Go to it. Well, I'm talking the blues about the New York Times. Editors of the New York Times are meeting in there. Quite a bunch of clever fellas out here. All the news that's fit to print. Unless, of course, it's uh, anti-communist. Hey, I'm talking the blues about the New York Times. When I read the New York Times... Aaron, this story here is uh, a little disturbing, heartbreaking overall, right? But then the reason we're talking about this is because of this disturbing tweet from an actual reporter here in Idaho. What happened? Oh, man. What is this? So... Nonsense. You know the hoopla going on in D.C., the January 6th committee, blah, 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 blah. The unselect committee. Right. And no one's paying attention (laughs) to it, right? We all know. No one's paying attention. However, one of the people that got caught up in the J6 events was from Idaho. Mm -hmm. And her name is Pam Hemphill. She is a lady that I actually met a few years ago in, Mm. in the beginning of COVID lockdowns. Um, great lady. She's now 69 years old and she, um, was at, uh, DC. She was at the mall. She was at the protests just like everyone else. Everyone um, else from Idaho. From Idaho. (laughs) A lot of Idahoans are. (laughs) And she was, um, taking, um, charge well not taking charge she was taking video of all the events happening which right. is what she does right. i don't know if you know pam hemphill she actually takes a lot of video from around the state she is friends with Eamon bundy um and she's always you see her videos everywhere because she's yeah. the one who is filming uh bundy get arrested right yeah <laughs> and then when he gets she out has of her jail, own youtube channel she stuff, does right? yeah yep yeah, yeah. so i um met her when bundy was in Coeur a couple years ago for an event and just saw her um i watched her live streams when there was protests down mm-hmm. at the capitol right so that's how i know her but she was charged with trespassing on J6. Right. So she was charged with entering into the Capitol building. Right. Trespassing with all of the rest of them. And so she's also the first one that is being sent to federal prison over right. it, too. Right. She's charged with trespassing, and she is being sent to federal prison yeah. for two months. And I read today, breaking news, that she was put in... Um, she wasn't put in the... the I guess in federal prison, there's there's people who are just like misdemeanor offenders, mm-hmm. and then there's like felons, and she was thrown in with the felons. Are you freaking serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Pam. So Pam is 69 years old. She has breast cancer. Yeah. So she's dealing with that on top of this stupid J6 hoopla stuff. Um, and now, is- which one was she? Was she the one that like went in there and and um, and uh, pepper sprayed AOC? Was, she, was that what she was doing? <laughs> Oh, Big Booty AOC was not 
on the campus. No, she uh, was not one of the ones. Wait, who... was Pam? Was she the one like scaling the walls and ripping down all of the paintings? Was I she don't... like burned flag? Was she the one that was burning a flag and like held? Oh, she held a knife to Pelosi's throat, right? Wasn't that somebody? Something like something that happened, like right? That. She planting bombs. She was found planting bombs. <laughs> there were bomb. I've seen pictures of bombs that went off in the Capitol. Oh no! Wait, that was the eighties. You know, this podcast is going to be ripped off the internet. So fast. <laughs> <laughs> what did no, she do? She was the little old lady filming, filming live things. streaming, right? With and a mask. she followed directions. <laughs> she was following where people were telling her to go. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, so she has to report to prison here in a few days. Today. Today. That's what I'm saying. This oh one today. I'm off a day. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyways, one of the reporters from an Idaho uh, outlet, KTVP, P, <laughs> KTVB, um, his reporter name is Brian Holmes. He actually told her to just go quietly into the night. She, because she tweets, she's a tweeter, yeah. and she said, "I'm on the road to California, Dublin prison. I'm very frightened, but my strength is remembering Christ. Carry the cross for me, and I'm going to carry my cross for all January 6 prisoners and God I trust." So she tweeted that. So this Brian Holmes from KTVB retweeted that and said, "Pam." Perhaps you should just go gently and quietly into that good night. You broke the law. You admitted to it. You said you're not blaming anyone but yourself. It's not cross-carrying. Ugh. What a... And then all his followers, all of his superlib followers were like, yeah, you tell her. And it's just... How do you do that as a reporter? Is he a... He's just... He's a reporter, right? He's an anchor reporter kind of guy? He's not like the guy that comes out the last five minutes and tells his opinion on things, right? As far as I know, I yeah. mean, no, I he's only, a reporter. He's a reporter. Um, what's funny though is his pinned tweet on his own page is of a poster at like a football game or something, like a high school football game, and it says, uh, "KTVB Brian is judging you." <laughs> so oh I mean, God. it just makes sense. Yeah. When you read that, Look. but it's disgusting. First of all, media should be neutral, unbiased. Should be. Yeah. Not today's age but they should be unbiased but you shouldn't be wishing people dead oh yeah how horrible what a horrible horrible person and this is the guy that brings the news into your home Mm -hmm. shut this channel off yeah unbelievable and they do a lot of um state work too so they cover the capital sure yeah and so i agree the media in this state is rampant with with these with people like this. I mean, when you have one person say this out loud, that means there's like 10,000 more of them that are rooting him on publicly or non-publicly, but they believe the exact same thing. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. atrocious. And these are the people that, that we all sit and look there. You have neighbors out there that sit at home and they watch the news and they watch national news and they go, hmm, well, maybe this is true or maybe this isn't true. Like shut it off. They're lying to you. They're all lying to you. I haven't, hasn't, yeah. I mean, if anything, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're already listening to this podcast, you agree, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's we're preaching to the choir here, but like it's, it's atrocious, but don't think that the, that the fake news media is only national. No, it's all over this place. It's all over this place. And Aaron and I are going to be working up a story <laughs> on an, on an, on a, uh, on a news outlet. Um, and maybe you all can do this too. We'll throw this out there. Tweet it at us. 
Well, don't tweet. I'm not on Twitter. Why I'm I not say on that? Twitter. I got kicked off of Twitter, I think, on J6, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same here. Actually, it might have been before. But anyway, um, but the Idaho Capital Sun mm-hmm. is, a new, is a news outlet. And they get a lot of, they get a lot of, they have a lot of reach in this state. And uh, we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to be checking them out because we know we are, we've already found some things that are going to be fairly interesting, but, but the press in this state is, I mean, we, we, we did, we talked about the CDA press a few episodes ago. Yes. And um, one of the things that, and I'm a subscriber, paid, paid subscriber. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I still can't believe you are. <laughs> and I, and I have to away. let you know, I have to let you know that, you know, for the longest time during COVID, they had a daily COVID tracker. Ooh, I did see that. Right? Yeah. yeah. So they had their, their, the numbers were up, like who was hospitalized, how many have passed away, um, how many tested. It's like right on the front page, right? Front page. Yep. Every, every front, you know, front page of the website. Mm-hmm. And then, and sometimes, yeah, in the, in the little corner of the front page of the paper or whatever, if you're getting the hard copy. Um, well, that's, has since been replaced. It um, has. It has. <laughs> even though, even though like what the Ninja variant is around. I don't even I, do you I know what variant know we're on? We're on Ninja or Paw Patrol. I think we're on the Paw Patrol. I like that variant. one. Yeah, but um, but they've replaced it with the um, with the like bad joke of the day. I'm gonna call it. Oh my god! Like today's ghastly groaner. Oh, the ghastly groaner is back, huh? Yeah. So Ugh. it's yeah, and they, is that what is that what it was? Is that they they got rid of the ghastly groaner, put it in with the other groaner, yeah. which is oh god, COVID. <laughs> And then they brought back the the ghastly groaner. So can I just tell you what the the joke is from today? Yes. How do you keep your sleeping bag from getting stretched out? From getting stretched out, sleeping bag. I don't know. How? Don't sleep too long in it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's terrible. How dare you laugh? <laughs> it's so awful. Well, yeah. okay. But I'm short, though, too. So I would never have that problem. Would, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> We gotta get you a kid's but, kid's sleeping bag. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway, That's the ghastly so groaner gosh. is back. The 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 uh the what was it? The COVID tracker is gone. Sorry, it's getting late. Uh the COVID tracker is gone. How long before they bring that back though, you think? I don't know. I mean the <laughs> the general elections are coming around. I I don't know. Ooh, I don't so know. it should be pretty soon. It then. should be I I would think. I, I mean I look I went and looked at the panhandle health numbers for our region uh-huh. for North Idaho to see what the health you know, the, the, the COVID deaths and all that stuff, the testing and hospitalizations. And it's like low. I mean, it's still low. It's always been low yeah. compared to the rest of the world. It's always been low here. But um, but that's why they deal with percentages and per capita and all that nonsense. But but Dumb. the one thing you can't you can't um, you you'll, you can always count on the press to do <laughs> is to um, bring out fear porn. They'll always churn out the fear porn. And so there is an article that said and I clicked on it because I was like, whoa, this is interesting. <laughs> The headline is, there's another active super volcano that is being watched. What? And I was like, okay, well, this is volcano country, right? We have super volcano uh, Yellowstone is a super volcano. We also have, obviously, Mount St. Helens and everything else that could or could not be around here and all that stuff, right? So then I'm like, oh, a super volcano in the area, right? So then he goes on in this story to talk about how a super volcano, he talks about Yellowstone and how... Actually, the super volcano at Yellowstone, the likelihood of it erupting is maybe sometime in the next, I don't know, like 25,000 years. (laughs) So we don't really have to worry about Yellowstone. (laughs) Then he moves on to talk about like 
a, a super volcano somewhere on the other side of the world, which of course there's going to be super volcanoes everywhere. Yeah. And then he just starts talking about the weather. What? There's have been few thunderstorms and showers. As July precipitation is more than last year's precipitation. And I'm going, this serious? is just a news report. And you let it off with a non-story about a super volcano that was supposedly around in this area. Is this a local writer? It's Jake Parrish. Uh, and rant, uh, yeah, Jake Parrish. I mean, he writes the he writes the weather stuff. Oh my gosh! Long range weather. That's what, that's what he does. I didn't know if it was I like an duped. AP writer. Something no, no, it was a local. Oh. It, was, it was it was the guy that always writes the, the 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 weather stuff. I've read his stuff before about the weather, but he's been usually been pretty honest. But the CDA press was probably like, we need a we need a headline. We need someone to click on it. Man, you would think that I'd be surprised, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not at all. Hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I don't get their paper. Um, I might go to the gas station or this grocery store and stand in front of the the yeah. rack of papers and just read it right there really quickly. Right. And then put it back because I'm not gonna buy it. Yeah. But yeah, they are. I'm still blocked on their Facebook page for <laughs> not doing anything. Like not even contributing you're a competitor energy, you're a competitor i guess that's why I, oh well oh well <laughs> well you know i wanted surprised. to play i wanted to play this jim brewer clip but now i have nowhere to throw it into this mix here <laughs> so we'll save it for the next episode have you watched his special i did I, well i watched some of it yeah i've only watched clips okay yeah so i'm looking forward to it yeah. well we have to save it because most of it's about covid and the vaccines and stuff and so we gotta wait until we get closer to the fall because we're yeah. really going to need it for when the ghastly groaner goes back to the COVID tracker. <laughs> All right. When the COVID tracker comes back, we'll make sure Jim Brewer's on the case. Yeah. Please. Okay. All right. Well, um, another smashing episode, Aaron, I think. I think so. I think yeah. we had a lot to talk about, and it's been a while since we were in the same room together. It has been, but it was good to be here, and yeah. I hope everybody tunes in again next time. Yes. I'm excited. Bye.